Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. So hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Core podcast slash vidcast. And today's session, I've been really looking forward to this. Uh, I met a great BDR off LinkedIn a few months back and we had an initial chat. Uh, and today I'd like to introduce you to Claire Kelly. Claire, how are you doing today? Hi Neil, I'm very good, thanks. Um, I feel like this has been a long time coming. I've been dying to get on the podcast for a while now, so thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining as well. And indeed, it has been a long time coming. I think we were talking over LinkedIn for quite a while about the show and then you finally bit yeah. the bullet uh, and we had our initial chat. But Claire, for the listeners and watchers out there uh, for this show today, could you please introduce yourself like, who are you? Where are you based in the world? Where are you working? And what does your company do? Sure, sure. So a little bit about me. My name is Claire Kelly. I'm based in London, but as you can hear from my voice, I'm Irish. Um, I moved over just before the lockdown and all the mayhem ensued. And I work in a company called Orbital Witness based here in London. So what we do is we are an online tool for real estate lawyers and their teams. And we help kind of cut down the boring due diligence that lawyers have to tackle day in, day out. Um, I think it's well known that lawyers are often changed to the desk having to do hours and hours of paperwork so we provide a platform that allows them to kind of streamline that saving a lot of time and a lot of money so it's been really really great to get on board in orbital witness um i did my degree in law and sociology back in limerick so that's kind of what gave me the drive to get into legal tech and i somehow found my way into the world of sales when i moved to london i thought it was a really exciting industry to get into very fast paced and i had a couple of different experiences under my belt that led me to think that maybe i wasn't cut out for sitting behind a desk all day like the lawyers i work with um doing due diligence and paperwork for god knows how long <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love that claire and welcome to the london crew uh, and as you mentioned you've got a couple of experiences under your belt which we're definitely going to be diving into today to kind of see like how did you get here today as well um and outside of sales like claire what other sort of things do you kind of get up to and what, what kind of floats your boat um so i guess i have quite a lot of interest outside of sales really i've all always always been really big into writing creating I'm well like to think that I'm a little bit of an artist I love painting and drawing and things like that and you'll always find me kind of wandering all of the markets in London looking for some new recipes to whip up I'm big on cooking entertaining and like to be a little bit social I think I'm a little bit of um, an introverted extrovert as you might say Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So introverted extrovert. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I think I might relate to that, but go ahead. 
Absolutely. So I think I get a lot of my energy from being in a role like sales. I love working with people. I'm very social, like love to entertain, but I do enjoy my own time, get my head stuck in a book and just switching off completely. And I think that's really, really important in a role like um, SDR or BDR role because things can get a little bit manic. So it's important to have that downtime for yourself as well, I think. 100% agree. Like, uh, similarly to myself, I love, like, I get my energy from people and interactions with mm-hmm. them and being out and about. But I do like those modes where I completely switch off the world. I put my phone in airplane mode. People know they can't contact me. And I like just to bum out in front of Netflix or, you know, do a bit of meditation and just have a chilled weekend. And I think, yes, it's mm-hmm. definitely important knowing when to switch off. Because again, you need to build up your energy before you can give out energy to other people, right? Absolutely. You have to fill your own cup first. hundred percent, hundred percent. So for the listeners uh, and watchers out there, so remember that you can catch our show on YouTube in order to see the video version of this. Uh, but what I'd love to do is kind of like visit your LinkedIn profile, Claire, to kind of like get a bit of a, a history and sort of kind of like where you've come from and where you are today. So looking at your LinkedIn profile, uh, what we can see is obviously in terms of studying, you was at the University of Limerick, where you're doing your degree within law law and sociology. You've been a clerical officer within a finance department and local authority. You'd worked at Uber, the call startup in terms of like ride sharing. Uh, You've volunteered at breast cancer research. You've also gone back into public sector. You'd work at a startup I'm very familiar with, Core HR. Uh, you're a freelance writer as well, uh, and you've obviously been a BDE at Orbital Witness. So, Claire, in your own words, like, what is your SDR or BDR journey? Yeah, well, so just looking at my LinkedIn there, I have quite um, a different variety of different roles. But I guess, um, obviously, I did my degree in law and sociology, and I absolutely loved it. But again, kind of going back to this idea of when I graduated, I didn't know if... Just given my personality, I'm quite high energy. I love being around people. I didn't know if I could hack kind of being, you know, stuck in an office for 10 to 12 hours a day doing a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. So I joined the team at Uber, which was really exciting. It was growing really, really quickly at the time. And that was kind of my first exposure to being in like a startup environment. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, I was on the driver team and it was a customer facing role and I was working towards KPIs and that was really exciting because I'd never worked in that kind of environment before and it kind of gave me my first taste to what the world of sales might be like. It was all very high energy, throwing um, ping pong balls across the room, everyone standing up, very kind of noisy environment. And I was like, I don't know if I can go back to an office in a legal firm and everything being quite, you know, um, reserved and and quiet. So from there, I think I needed to take a little bit of time to make up my mind. So I went traveling to South America for a little bit. Um, The usual, I need to go find myself (laughs) journey that people take when they finish university. And from there, I came back and I started working in breast cancer research in Galway. Mm. So... As I mentioned, I've always been really into creating, writing and kind of social media. So that was my first chance to really kind of put those skills in play. I was really dropped in the deep end. I came in as someone who had absolutely no experience in marketing, absolutely no idea what I was doing. But I kind of tried to make the most of it and I loved that role. So it gave me the chance to start writing copy, start to kind of work on social media, do a little bit of PR and kind of 
speak to the people on the front line of the research and the disease itself. So I was like, wow, this is really amazing work. I need to be working with people, but I just don't know quite yet what capacity that's going to be in. Mm. Um, so in between those roles in Uber and breast cancer research, I did a couple of stints in the local authority. I think I have my mum pat me on the back saying, well, this is a good job now you could get into and stay in for a long time. <laughs> but she wasn't quite able to pin me down long enough. Um, I said, no, I need something a little bit more creative. So off I went again to South America <laughs> to do some unfinished business and learn a little bit more about their culture and just meet new people really I guess um and when it's it was when I came back from South America then when I started to get this idea of maybe I could get more into a commercial role and I could move somewhere like London where there is a world of opportunity comparing to where I'm from in Ireland little old Mayo mm -hmm. and I moved over and I started to interview for SDR and BDR roles and that's when I met the team at Pareto Law and they took me through the whole kind of assessment exercise which was really exciting and to be honest I absolutely loved it I did it with my boyfriend who is in no way salesy he hated it he was like what was that mm. that was the most awful day ever and I got so much enjoyment out of it just kind of working as a team being really creative and like getting to think outside the box so from there I started my role with Core HR um, that you're familiar with yourself Neil yep. And the team were absolutely great. I think I was in the office for two weeks before everything went into lockdown. So from there, I became a remote BDR, not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. So obviously, there's a lot of elements there where you've gone through experiences, you've gone through like different mindsets, um, you've kind of like yeah. explored different elements of roles and coming to conclusions. So like starting at the beginning, like there was this intent to to, to to study law and then asking yourself, is this kind of like where I want to be in the future and can I see myself, you know, uh, in there? And like then coming across a completely different world, which was Uber, which is like mm. your first taste of startup. What was going through your mind, you know, to kind of like rationalize in your head of do I want to be here and what's what's kind of out there? Like what was that kind of like internal dialogue like for you, Claire? Yeah, I think I'm one of those people, um, given that I'm kind of quite high energy, I think I have a hundred million tabs open in my brain at any one time. I'm always wanting to try new ideas, like absolutely throwing wacky ideas around the boardroom when we get together for group meetings. And I just didn't want to let that go. And Uber really let me do that. I was part of a couple of like ad hoc teams I did journalism with Uber and we always had sessions where we could bounce around just the most daft ideas and see where that would take the team so I thought look I need a culture that's gonna you know really encourage this type of thinking be a little bit more collaborative and make an impact from you know the ground up so that's what kind of got me started thinking you know, a startup might be where I'm at, but I didn't quite know how that felt outside of Ireland. Um, mm. So that's when I kind of dipped my toes in the water of the world of sales at Core. God, you love it, love it. And that's the thing, like with a lot of SDRs where, you know, SaaS and startup is a completely new concept to them. Um, mm. And sometimes they join like thing a little bit of out of depth of, okay, what is this world? It's not as structured per se as compared compared to a corporate job or, you know, in the world of law. 
Um, mm. And sometimes I see it where they may have these bursting ideas in their head, but it's the confidence of like having those boardrooms and those discussions of speaking out. They Sometimes I can see they're a little bit reserved and they're fearful of what may come out of their mouth it may sound completely crazy, as you said, or, yeah. you know, it could actually become something. Are there any tips for, you know, those people that are new in the role where they've got these ideas and they want to voice them, but they're, you know, perhaps a little bit scared of how people may take that? Yeah, well, I think in a role like that, you know, you have to kind of embrace being yourself and no original idea came from everyone just following the status quo. Like, you know, you need to embrace your individuality and as mad as an idea might be, this is where the best ideas are born. You know, when you think back to companies like Facebook or like the big players in, you know, the software industry, it's all from a little idea that someone had and maybe they didn't think very much of it. You hear the likes of even authors like, you know, J.K. Rowling getting shunned when she went to publish her absolutely like phenomenal series of books. It has to come from somewhere. So just let that little bean grow and just believe in it. If it's something you care about, then foster it until it becomes like amazing and it is your dream. So yeah, definitely. I think hopefully I'll get there. <laughs> 100%. And I think like, um, like even relating it to Uber, I don't know if this story is true, but this is kind of like the story I was told about how Uber came into creation. Maybe you can correct me. But I remember like the founder when he was around 27, he was actually going off to Ireland to like an investor conference to kind of pitch this idea. And um, the night before he went out for the, the, the actual event, he met up with an investor who invited him to a local pub to go for a drink. And at this point, the 27 year old founder was asked, OK, what's this idea? And he said, I've got this cool idea for like, you know, taxis and ride sharing uh, yeah. through an app which has like dynamic pricing, etc. And apparently like a few pints later, um, the investor that was speaking to him wrote out a check for I think it was around 27 million and said, here's the funding and this is how it's going to be. And that's kind of like where the idea was shared over a pint yeah. in Ireland before he went out to the conference. And apparently that was the creation uh, out of Uber. Again, I don't know how true that is. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think you have it nailed on the head there um, that it was born out of this real kind of just casual conversation about this great idea someone had and then look what it's become. I think there's many, many uh, an idea born over a point in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, so like for, for any budding entrepreneurs or people like SDRs or BDRs out there, if you've got these ideas, they could become billion dollar ideas and it's just that case of, you know, sharing it, not being afraid to share it and like you said, embracing that okay. sort of opportunity. So obviously like um, also within this traveling, I've seen it with a lot of SDRs and BDRs where you go to find yourself through traveling. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was younger, I didn't really have the opportunity to travel as much because I was more into the working world. It wasn't until my mid-20s that I actually went out traveling. Mm -hmm. But for some, I would kind of sometimes see it as, okay, you just want to go have a break and have a holiday. But for some others, mm -hmm. it is truly to discover yourself and kind of seeing what floats your boat. So for your traveling experiences, what were you looking to find in yourself and kind of how did that pan out? Yeah, so I guess I went away with the intention of finding out a little bit more about what makes me tick long term. So 
you know, like you always kind of finish college and you're not quite sure what the next steps are and you want to find your why. I don't know if you're a Simon Sinek fan, but I am a major, major fan and I really agree with this whole concept of finding your why. So I just needed to go out and travel and meet new people and, you know, understand what made me happy because obviously your career is a massive, massive part of your life, but you need to find something that's going to, you know, ignite that fire in your belly a little bit. Mm. And when I was there, I did so much different type of volunteering. I worked on a permaculture farm. I helped to build a hostel just outside of Medellin in Colombia. And I met some really amazing people who taught me so much about like sustainability. You'd never think to look at me, little old five foot me, that I was out with a pickaxe picking clay off the side of a cliff trying to build a hostel somewhere in Colombia. (laughs) But it kind of taught me a little bit more about like resilience. It humbled me a lot. I met some amazing people, people from Venezuela who were so creative and they were like making the best of a bad situation. And I realized if you have like that creativity within you and you really want to use it then don't kind of let it die so I came back with this like idea that I'm going to get into a role and I'm going to make it my own and as wacky as my ideas might be I'm going to bring them along and if you know if the right person finds me then I'll be successful and thankfully you know in my role now I'm, I'm really appreciated for that too so it's been good <laughs> absolutely love that and it's, it's weird like you say that with the whole traveling element is to kind of like find your why like big fan of Simon Sinek so if anybody that's watching definitely check out the book or go out on YouTube and kind of get educated on that because it really helps kind of find you know like what is your purpose what is your meaning and like you said what kind of ticks your boxes and floats your boat Um, And like thinking about myself, like when I was in my mid-20s and I started my first SDR role, I remember going out to California, meeting this company, I felt so out of my depth. And one thing my friends always say, like, Neil, you never take a holiday, which is true, um, because, you know, like sun, sea, holidays, that sort of thing, it doesn't really excite me. But I think for me, it was traveling to the States, to a tech company, I kind of saw that as my holiday, Sounds weird, mm. but it was like a tech holiday. But it was oh, equally it. similarly to, you know, put myself out of my comfort zone, go meet these new people, humble myself a little bit compared to the sales BDR life that I had in a corporate company and seeing, do you know what, I'm meeting all these people that have either founded companies or they've been in SaaS for a couple of years and they've achieved X, Y, and Z. And that really inspired me so that when I came back to the UK to do my UK SDR job, I was like, you know what, I'm more than just booking meetings and just appointments. It's so much more I'm talking to C-level people that are building products that are literally changing the world, you know, like the likes of Uber, et cetera, Mm. in different industries. And that's what really floats me now. And even like during lockdown, the biggest thing that I've missed in the last 12 months is getting out of the UK to travel to places like Belgium, across Europe, to go meet other, other startups and founders, because I always find my business trips are actually kind of like my holiday because they they help me find myself. And sometimes I find myself coming back to the UK, I'm "Ah, I'm back. I want to go out (laughs) and start traveling. So 100%, um, I'm really looking forward to like being able to go back out into the world once COVID and like amber lists and green lists are all okay uh, because I miss miss Europe so much. And again, that's how I find myself. Um, Mm. But like with yourself, like when you came back and you was working within breast cancer research and you're doing the role there, you were able to like pick up elements of things that did float your boat, like copy, social, and you said it was like a mixed bag. Um, But you also said that you kind of felt like, again, is this kind of for me? So like, how was it for you to be able to take stuff 
that you liked doing in a role, but kind of in a completely different environment? What was that like for you, Claire? Yeah, so I guess when I made the transition into sales, I had all of those elements of kind of the communications, but I was working towards this kind of new KPI and this new end target. And like, it was really interesting to be able to, you know, use my copywriting skills, use my stakeholder management and all those different skills that I had learned in breast cancer research and bring it to the role of the BDR. Mm. So I guess like I think personally, and I don't know if this you're going to agree with me, Neil, but I think the role of a BDR is one that is really, really creative. I think that you completely get out of it, what you put into it. It's different for every person, but that's because you are kind of your own leader internally in the role, although you're part of a team and you are kind of working towards, you know, team targets, company revenue, you are kind of the driver of your own career as a BDR. And I love how like you can bring so many different elements to the table. Maybe you're really good at cold calling, maybe you're really good at emailing, maybe, you know, you just love getting the head down prospecting. I think that all of kind of the different exposure I had to different elements of the job at breast cancer research really, really helped me to break into the world of BD and kind of be competent in doing that as well. And again, Coming back from traveling, I was so put out of my comfort zone for so long that I was way more comfortable with talking to new people. I felt like a little bit more self-assured. I felt like my mind was a lot more open and that then allows you to be kind of more confident when talking to new people as well. So I think that really helped. 100%. And you're right. It's like, you know, sometimes going into different careers and industries and being able to take transferable skills into that role as well. And something that I can definitely relate to you on a level is in terms of working in the public sector, right? So I equally work for a local authority or as a housing benefit officer. And in that role, I learned how to, you know, write formal letters to people out in our borough. And I also learned how to conduct interviews for people that were looking to get, you know, state benefits and welfare. So I had to understand what's their background, what's their financial situation, kind of what's the makeup of their household, etc., And I kind of realized that when I went into the SDR role, that was basically a discovery call, right? (laughs) Uh, And equally, I had to like phone up people to book appointments to come into the council. And again, that was an element of cold calling. I was speaking to people I'd never spoken to before and trying Mm. to book a meeting. Um, And definitely like within like the BDR or like an SDR role, I always kind of say like you're doing, you're not just there to book meetings. You're doing kind of like four to maybe three to four roles in one. So again, if you're taking the marketing message and sharing content, you're doing an element of marketing. If you're writing posts about a topic on LinkedIn, that's again, another social element. Um, When you're trying to prospect into an account and you're doing different personas at different levels, again, that stakeholder management trying to bring them into a meeting. If they ask you questions about how does your product work? How does it integrate? You then become a product expert or, you know, perhaps even an element of like, you know, uh, technical expertise and answering API questions. And then the last piece is, if they're not ready to buy today, you still got to nurture that relationship over time until they are ready. So it's an element of like customer success. So Mm -hmm. definitely like I, 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 that's again, why I'm passionate about the SDRO because you learn so many different nuances of business. It's not just an entry to sales, uh, but it's an entry into a whole company. Um, And that's kind of like the thing where I think the mindset of where I love SDRs to be in is job versus career. So, you know, for me, my point of view is job is something that I come in, I punch in at nine, I do a lot of activities and I punch out at five, then I just go home and it doesn't really float my boat. 
It's just yeah. a means, a way to get some money in. Whilst a career, on the other hand, is skill sets that I'm going to learn over time that's going to help me propel and go on yeah. to other things thereafter. So to your point, helping a company contribute towards their revenue, helping bring in new clients and logos, having new discussions, being challenged and put out of your comfort zone, all of these things have helped me create my own company just from learning yeah. to be like a BDR and SDR. So it is definitely yeah. a really cool place um, to be in as well. Um, and as you mentioned, as you're progressing in your career and going into the next steps, you come across Pareto Law and they mm. take you into the world of SaaS and tech and you're there with your boyfriend yeah. and it was like two different perspectives on it. Like, yeah. what was that experience for you? And like, you know, hearing his side of it, like how did that impact your thinking on, you know, pursuing this as a, as a career? Yeah, I think the the day we left um, the Pareto assessment day, we obviously had two very different experiences. He's quite analytical, where as I'm definitely way more suited to sales. And I think kind of going back to um, my time at breast cancer research as well. Now that I think back on it, I was exposed to so many different areas of sales in that job without really realizing it. So obviously my title was fundraising and communications, but I did do quite a lot of um you know, I held a lot of board meetings. I was working towards the revenue target. I had to nurture the existing sponsors and donors and all those kind of different elements to the BDR role. Mm. Unknowingly, I had been doing before. And then I got into the Credo training and I was like, wow, I'm actually really familiar with all of this and I'm really comfortable with doing it. And I was like, I have no problem picking up the phone and cold calling and people might laugh at me because I know so many BDRs are like, oh, this is the worst thing I can think of. I have such cold call and anxiety. I don't want to mm -hmm. do it, but I'm just happy to pick up the phone, have a chat um, and kind of just find out a little bit more about my prospect and how I might be able to help them. So I was like a duck to water when we went into the Credo assessment day and my boyfriend was like I cannot think of anything worse this is just not for me and I was like I think I'm cut out for sales and I was really really excited about it um, and a few different kind of opportunities came my way from that assessment day but obviously decided to go with Core HR and the fact that they were Irish founded I had a little bit of an allegiance to them immediately <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my team were absolutely brilliant and they kind of got me up and running as a BDR and I had such a great couple of months with the guys just learning kind of the ins and outs of sales and you know the whole ropes of the whole sales cycle and everything that comes with it so it was a really really great experience yeah absolutely love it so it's great to hear that it was a good experience and it kind of like yeah. energized you to like propel and yeah. continue with this and you said a very interesting piece there like you was going through those assessments and like versus your boyfriend at the time you kind of came to the conclusion that I'm cut out for sales right and some SDRs or BDRs may be in a role right now and they're questioning themselves whether they are cut out. But for you personally, what was it that made you feel that you were cut out? What, what helped decide that? Yeah, I think it is just the energy that I get from it. It's this excitement, like collaborating with different people, being able to kind of manage my own work day. And like, you know, I have a goal to meet at the end of the day, but I can get that however I like. I can kind of work towards it in my own way. I can bring my own creativity to the way I'm prospecting. I have my own voice in the way I'm emailing. It's not very rigid at all. And I think people have this idea about sales, this kind of, you know, 
archaic idea that it is a certain way, but sales has changed so much um, over the past few years, especially considering like this big boom and social selling. And that was something that I was really, really into when I first got started in my BD role. Um, I haven't got so much of um, an audience on my LinkedIn these days because I think maybe lawyers aren't probably the most active LinkedIn users. Mm. But I think just the chance to, you know, go out and connect with people and network online, which is where we obviously came across each other, um, really, really stood out to me. And I loved that whole element. And there's so many different layers to it that you can peel back and you can kind of start to understand where you might excel um, that little bit more maybe it's your email writing or your social selling or whatever Mm. it is so that day I was like yeah I want to do this this is great and obviously um working towards a bonus every quarter is a little bit of an extra driver um (laughs) I'm one of those people who will run on the treadmill in the gym versus running outside because I like to see the numbers (laughs) yeah yeah. definitely can relate to that and I think yeah like so those those key pieces there is like it it brings you that energy you're allowed to uh, put in your own creativity whether how it comes across in your emails how it comes across in your calls and it gives you that buzz Um, and yeah similar to your point of like gymming like I'm the same I don't like running I love it on the treadmill because I know if I've hit that 15 30 minute mark (laughs) and I can see the direct impact it's coming kind of back to me and as you mentioned, like, uh, it's interesting, like being in a different world from law and where you're saying perhaps maybe is not many lawyers are on LinkedIn and that's perhaps why it's not engaging. It's really weird you say that because um, earlier this year, I started doing some SDR training for a cybersecurity startup and their MDR manager was somebody who was an ex-lawyer that was now thinking about moving into tech sales. And I remember catching up with Rose. So Rose, if you're watching this, shout out to you and the Eagle Eye team. Um, But she, like, when we, like, every week we were catching up and I was taking her through SaaS training for SDRing and I was just, like, asking her, like, what do you think about this? And she said, it's a completely different world, but it's a hell of a lot more interesting than what I was doing before. (laughs) But, you know, the way that you're talking to clients, the way that you're making things customer-centric on emails and messaging, she said... I could definitely take some of this stuff back into my old world and it could have helped me out, but it's great to get that different perspective. So yeah, you never know, there could be some more law people that are moving into our world and you could be that, you know, that savior, let's get that guiding light on how to get there. But obviously another topic, uh, as we mentioned before we started recording was, you know, working in the world of core HR and now being able to witness, um, you're talking to two different personas. So just for the audience out there, like who were you originally speaking to? Who are you speaking to now and like kind of how have you adapted that, Claire? Yeah, so when I was in my role at Core HR, obviously we were selling HR software. So the personality type is quite different in the sense that HR um, managers and directors are kind of very seasoned software buyers to start comparing to a lot of people in the legal world. Often um, there's a little bit of hesitation there. I think you know, the ways of working and doing due diligence for law firms are quite um, a legacy process. It's a little bit antiquated. They're not really willing to move away from that. They're like, no, legal tech is scary. We don't need it. We're happy as we are. So it was about kind of connecting with them and trying to like add value on a really different level. Um, 
and speaking to people who weren't necessarily used to, you know, the idea of SaaS and used to getting sales calls. And it was actually really, really interesting to make that transition. So, you know, picking up the phone and trying to learn what they refer to as legalese. So there's a whole different different language that you have to learn to speak. And luckily I had studied law in college, so I had a fair idea, but you're doing a crash course in, um, you know, commercial real estate when you're starting at Orbital Witness. And it was the most interesting thing ever to me. Um, but it is a lot to learn and you have to really kind of pivot your way of working, your way of speaking with people. Um, and that was a really, really interesting transition for me, I think, because a lot of what I was doing before was all, you know, LinkedIn based. I did a lot of social selling, a lot of my networking and prospecting was done online. Mm. And then suddenly that was a whole element or a whole kind of avenue that just kind of dropped off when I got into this role. So I had to pick up and reevaluate well, where can I be, you know, making this impact? Is it by email? Is it by cold call? And often lawyers are really, really busy and they don't have time to be taking cold calls. So I had to focus down a little bit more on my emailing. And this, you know, it's become probably one of my favorite ways of prospecting now. Mm. Um, I love like sending a really, really crafty, punchy email, really like doing my research on the prospect, maybe throwing in um, a couple of projects that they've done or a quote that they've said in um, a legal journal or an article and sharing that with them. And it's no better feeling than when you get a response back and be like, yes, we're actually really interested in, in having a conversation. So I loved that. And I loved kind of making that transition and seeing how different it was. Definitely. That, that is amazing. So like um, going from a different world, having to learn a new, you know, verbiage like legalese and understanding, <laughs> okay, there's a different way that I have to engage with these people. Um, And just, again, I'm not a legal expert by any means, but like my understanding would be they read a lot, they learn a lot. So perhaps the best channel is to get them reading something. But then when you're really personalizing and putting in that work into those emails versus calling HR personas before uh, and then getting that buzz when they reply to you. And I think like for myself, um, I've never stayed in one industry with SaaS startups I've worked in. So I've either worked in you know, uh, a marketing-led sort of industry around content. Mm. Then I've gone into cybersecurity. Then I've gone into HR. Then I've gone into uh, MarTech as well. And they're all different. And I always think, like, in terms of process as to how I reach out to them, it's very similar. It's kind of similar plays. But it's the content or the delivery of how I go into that. And I think perhaps there's a lot of BDRs or SDRs, perhaps they're looking to change industry or they go into a completely new field, but it's still... SaaS and tech yeah. and kind of the advice I think Corey who was one of our former like uh, guests from G2 he was like saying speaking to the people that he's trying to sell to on LinkedIn not with the intention of selling but to more understand their world of like how do they best like to be engaged what things are yeah. interesting for them but Claire from your point of view like if there is an ESDR or BDR that's listening in that is in that shift or in the early days of that shift and they're having to learn a different marketing persona what tips would you give to them? Yeah, and I think kind of go back to what you said there, Neil, about, you know, the process is the same, but definitely the way that you speak to people, um, how perceptive people are to your prospect and whatever, it's all going to be really different. So like taking that time to learn day to day what their workflow is, kind of what their main pains are and pinch points unique to them, because I think, you know, once you understand what 
you know, a daily, like a day in the life of what a lawyer looks like, for example, in my case, I can understand a little bit more like where they can be saving time, what can be really annoying for them and headache inducing when they're spending 20 hours trying to download documents that we could just help them do instantly, mm. you know, getting a real understanding for the very small kind of day-to-day duties that they do and just building out a bigger picture. Kind of goes back to in um, copywriting the idea of the, but so what? So it's like, you know, but so I'm offering you this great product, but so what, what difference is going to make to my um, life in the long term? Mm. And just being able to understand kind of the bigger picture of things when you're talking to the prospects. Although do keep that structure in place because it is important. hundred <laughs> percent, 100%. So that's some great tips out there as well, Claire. Uh, and right now, we're going to do a little bit of a twist. So as we know with most of our guests, as we come towards the end of the show, and Claire, it's been absolutely great having you on, uh, and I'm really looking forward to perhaps maybe getting you back on a guest in the future shows. Um, as most of our listeners and watchers know, I typically ask the question of like, what three bits of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? And Claire challenged me on this, uh, and I really liked her idea. So rather than, you know, what advice would you give to a younger self, Claire thought it would be a great idea as to, what three tips would you give to your future self? And I love that. So Claire, the question is, what three bits of advice would you give to the future version of Claire Kelly? Okay, so I kind of put my foot in it by suggesting this, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. So I guess my first piece of advice to myself would be to not forget the graft that you put in as a BDR when you were starting out. Things were not easy, especially coming into it remote in the middle of a pandemic, like you put so much work in. So, you know, never kind of disregard that and be there for the BDRs in your company in the future and really help guide the way for them because it's not easy starting out um i guess the second is to always be really perceptive to BDRs who are trying to prospect you. I know that Kyle Coleman is very popular on LinkedIn and I'm a big fan of his and mm. I love the fact that he always gives feedback to people who are trying to prospect them, him and you know he helps them get better. So I think that's a really valuable thing to take away. Once you've kind of progressed into more of a senior role, don't forget the people at the start who were once you tapping away, trying to book a meetings, give them good feedback and answer sales calls you've been there once Mm -hmm. you know don't turn around and say i don't have time for a sales call you've been that person trying to meet your kpis trying to get somebody to talk to you so give them the time of day um and you know help the guys who are starting out and help the bdrs because they'll be thankful for it one day (laughs) love it i think you You did a great job. So yeah, exactly. Like, don't forget, like, always reflect back on, like, to see where you've come from. I think sometimes we get so focused on just looking forward, 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 but take stock of, like, what you've achieved because I think that's a great motivator, especially when the chips are down. Uh, And don't forget, as you start going up, like, don't, like, crap on the people, like, below you. Know that you've been in that role. Know how hard it is. Uh, And yeah, do you know what? I get get prospected on a daily basis. And... uh, I will sometimes respond and sometimes I won't respond. The people that I respond to, to be honest, and again, if anybody's ever going to prospect me, it's the one that's consistent. They're trying to get my attention and they're trying to be creative and they're trying to come across versus trying to book the meeting in the first message they send me. I'm mm. like, you've got to do a little bit more work for that. And I always ask the question like, 
I'll always give them an answer and tell them straight up I'm either the guy or not the guy or who they should reach out to and I'll try and help them and sometimes I'll give tips as to who to reach out to and what to say to that person um, but I also sometimes ask the question like would you be open to feedback in your approach because you know I love coaching and helping people yeah some people are receptive some people are not but again if you get that cold email uh, and you may think all right you want to help out that person always ask their permission first if they're open to it like don't put it on them and just say that's how it should be done uh but claire those are some great bits of advice and we again your future self will watch this show back and it will be a great <laughs> reminder so i love this new uh kind of way that we're doing this so thank you for introducing that i'm, I'm going to test this out on a few other guests as well um but are there any shout outs that you'd like to give out on today's show um yeah i think i'd like to shout out my team at orbital witness um particularly my manager aisha because she's been so good getting me on board with all of the legal technology and one of my colleagues finn so we're a team of two at the moment and hopefully we'll see that grow as we reach series a but we're like a trio helping to build out the business development team at orbital witness so big shout out to those two guys and the rest of the team i haven't forgotten about you too <laughs> to all the team out there witness um so claire it's been an absolute privilege privilege and honor to have you on the show i'm wishing you all the best successes in the coming months and coming weeks and if there's any of the guests or listeners or watchers out there if uh they wanted to connect with you via say linkedin would that be okay to reach out to pick your brain on anything discussed today yeah, absolutely. I love having the chats on LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to share ideas. I do that quite often. I'm part of the SDRs of London Network. Love kind of, you know, um, hitting ideas over and back, what's working, what's not with people from different industries in particular. It's really interesting to find that out. So I, my messages are open any day. If you want to drop in, more than happy to chat. Perfect. Thank you so much. So guys and girls, if you're listening in, uh, if you want to get into Claire's in-mail boardroom and bounce those crazy ideas, she's totally down for it. But Claire, again, thank you so much for joining. We'd love to get you back on as a future guest. And most importantly, as to all the listeners and watchers out there, happy selling. Happy selling. Here's you. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.